right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, Check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash The Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 128 of The Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. Please consider subscribing. And if you enjoy the show and you know anybody else that's in our position, who would benefit from this message, please consider sharing the Ranting Weight Watcher with anybody who will listen to you recommend the show. Well, I am not going to waste any time today. Let's get into this! Journey updates. We are down this week 8.4 pounds. Total lost for February is 2.2 pounds. Total pounds lost since January 2019 is 157 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to this 175-pound milestone is 28 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the 200-pound milestone is 43 pounds. For the... Consistency challenge. Week 13 ended in success. And we started week 14 and there have been no planned changes. I told you what I was considering last week. If I can get the next four weeks all the way to week 17 successes every week, I may consider adding something or I may consider leaving it the same. I'm not sure, but I am taking the next four weeks to consider if something on the 18th week, will I be implementing a change here? I'm not sure yet. And if I implement a change on the 18th week, what will that change be? In order to implement anything, I have to get a success every week until then. That's the rule. So I have an announcement to make. I have a special project. If you're listening to me right now, and you're in Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, or Ireland, and you want to help me put together an episode, this is something in the distant future. I need to do research, but I need the research to come from multiple countries because this angle I want to take, when I do just a normal Google search, I get different results in America than you guys would. And that's why I want your help. 
So if you're interested in helping me build this episode, I want you to reach out to me by email. The email address is therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com. So in the subject line, just put future episode. If you are from, again, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, or Ireland. If you want to help me build this, this episode that I have in my mind, send an email to the show in the subject line. Just put future episode. I'm going to coordinate with you guys what I need from these specific countries to see if what my thinking is, is correct. So if I have it from multiple countries, it should be easy to prove or disprove my theory. But I don't want to give away what my idea is. So if you're interested, email the show. So last week, we talked about how success can bring comfort. And then in turn, being comfortable could bring gains. And because the success clouds the vision, you don't see the gains as something serious. And then more gains come because of that, causing you to panic. And in turn, you become obsessed with returning to a number that you previously had that you no longer have. And I want to elaborate a little more with that this week. Why do you think it gets so bad? I mean, some of us, I feel like sometimes the more you lose, the worse it could get. It all feels bad. Don't get me wrong. But when you come from a place where you've lost, say, over 100 pounds and you find yourself back where you were. It seems like a much more catastrophic problem than someone who lost 20 and gained back 20. I'm not minimizing gains and losses here. I'm just saying that the outside world would see the person that regained over 100 pounds as more of a failure than the person who just gained back the 20 that they lost. If you put those two next to each other and you ask the public to judge what they thought of each person, the person who just lost and gained 20 pounds would be less judged than the person who lost 150 and gained it all back. It's just reality. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or anything. I'm just saying that's what happens. We live in these delusions of needing to be perfect. And I've talked about this on previous episodes. We make these demands of ourselves of perfection. Meanwhile, we'll be the first person to acknowledge that we are imperfect. We will sit here and demand perfection of our work when we are imperfect people. So as you're going through these motions and you see that you're starting to slip backwards, 
the overconfidence you feel in these moments, like when you've achieved some sort of success, it clouds the actual vision of what's happening. You minimize it. Like, ah, oh, it's, it's no big deal. I can, I can handle this, no problem. If it's a one-off here, a one-off there, okay, fine. The body fluctuates. But when, and this is why I put such emphasis on three gains in a row. Because intentionally waiting for three gains in a row shows you it's proof that whatever you're doing is causing the uprise. If you're up one pound one week, and the next week you're down two, but you change nothing, that's a weight fluctuation. If you're up one pound, and then the next week comes and you're up another half a pound, and then the next week comes and you're up another three quarters of a pound, that's three gains in a row. That's 21 days of data causing three gains in a row. You could easily say something you're doing is causing that gain. Whether you're eating more, whether you're eating something that causes inflammation, whatever it is, you're doing something because over 21 days' time, you've had the exact same result again, again, again. The amount of the gain, not as relevant as the fact that there are three gains in a row. So in, in the beginning, we, we act like it's no big deal. And like when I think back to when I started to climb upward, there were a lot of things going on in my life at the time. Success brought confidence and confidence brought uh, a new relationship, getting to know and, and going out and having a social life for the first time in probably my, I don't know, entire life at that point. So here I, I got the gastric bypass I was, I mean, I had friends. I'm not telling you I didn't have friends. But I didn't go out as often as other people did. I avoided social situations just because I was uncomfortable there. So I avoided them. But eventually came the gastric bypass. When I, st- when I had the gastric bypass the quickness of the results caused an overwhelming transformation of how the world saw me. And in turn, how the world saw me caused a confidence level that I never achieved before. And all of these things, all of the confidence that got built, and believe me, this is only over one year's time. I've explained this to you before. Gastric bypass in 2004. One year later, I'm almost 200 pounds down from 460 to 277. I was 17 pounds away from the 200-pound mark in one year. So now you add to it all of this newfound confidence that I literally never had in my entire life. On top of that, you take into effect that one year's time is nowhere near good enough to learn the lessons you need to learn to change the behavior that caused the 460-pound problem in the first place. It's just not enough time. I'm sorry. I don't care what psychologist, what anybody says. 
one year time, the amount of growth that needs to happen, 200 pounds of growth, okay? What it takes to have a normal person lose 200 pounds, the amount of growth they have to achieve in that cycle, it can never happen in a year. So that's why over 40% of the people that have weight loss surgery end up back where they were or more. That's almost half. Almost half. And now, because they never change that behavior, they end up right back to the same doctor who does a revision surgery. Okay, let's just go back in there and do it again. I'm not talking out of my ass here. I'm telling you based on what happened to me. I was in line to get a revision surgery before I decided to take control of things and say, no, forget about it. I'm doing this the right way. I walked away from the idea of a revision surgery, which could have corrected the entire problem again in a year. But what, what would have changed behavior-wise? Oh, you know what? You would have learned the lesson that you didn't learn the first time. No, because I didn't learn it in a year the first time. Why would I learn it in a year the second time? Just not going to happen. So we get these ideas in our head. Regardless of how much weight you gained at that point. Oh, I can fix this. I can fix this. Oh, I'll fix it in no time. And you never think about how long it took you to put yourself back in the position to gain the weight back. Like I've said to you before, it took me 15 years to gain back almost all of the weight before I got my head on straight. I was uh, 57 pounds away from having all of the weight come back. We get these delusions in our head. We never consider how long it took us to put us back in the position. We never ever consider that. No one ever thinks on day one, oh, hey guys, I'm returning to Weight Watchers again or I'm returning to keto or I'm returning to whatever. No one ever says, I lost a bunch of weight on keto and then I worked for the last 15 years to gain it back and here I am. They just say, I had some success, I I gained some weight back and now I'm back. They skip the number of how long it took them to gain all the weight back that they lost the first time. They skip that number. But for me, it was 15 years. 15 years of ignorance, 15 years of ignoring the obvious, 15 years of making stories and believing my own lies and making excuses, 15 years. But the problem is, I mean, I'm not the only one that says this, a million people who have anything to do with fitness say it's always harder to lose than it is to gain. So if I work for 15 years to gain weight, then theoretically, if it's harder to lose, it should take me longer than 15 years to lose it. I shouldn't have a single complaint until I reach the 15 year mark at minimum. Because if it's harder, then it's going to take at minimum 15 years not maximum. This is just logic talking here. Plain mathematical logic. You're telling me something's harder to take off than it was to put on? I, I took 15 years of my life putting it on, so logically, it should take more than 15 years to take it off. 
And until I reach the 15-year 15, 15 mark, I have nothing to complain about. But no, we come into it, we don't take any of that into consideration. We think, I'll fix it in a few months before so-and-so's wedding. I'll fix it in a few months before we go to Mexico. I'll fix it in a few months before my son's graduation. 15 years of work, fix in a few months. We don't realize what we're demanding of ourselves. Did you ever have a house party? When you were a kid, parents were going away somewhere or whatever for the weekend. And you call over a bunch of your friends who tell a bunch of their friends, who tell you about a bunch of their friends. Pretty soon you had like 40 or 50 people in the house that you didn't really expect. But your house is flooded with people. And everybody's drinking. Who brought more drinks? Who brought this and that and whatever else? You wake up the next morning asleep on the stairs because you never made it up to your bedroom. You're drooling on the step. You realize where you are and you look around you and the house looks like a tornado went through it. Like a tornado went through the entire place. It took a few hours to make that mess. A few hours of a good time. How long did it take to clean that house up when you were feeling sick, hungover, headache? How long did it take to clean that house up and get it back to the way it was before your parents came back? Essentially, that's what we're doing. The gaining period is the house party. We're having a good old time. We're doing whatever the hell we want. We don't care about anything. Then finally, we wake up and we have the hangover period. And we feel sick and we're, uh, we want to make a change and we're doing all these things. And now, this huge mess we've created... We want that done in a few minutes. Oh, yeah, no problem. We'll knock it right out. And then the minute it gets a little tough, they want to complain, moan and groan, and scream and yell that they don't get what they want when they want it. Making the mess in the house was pretty easy. But cleaning up, not so easy, is it? We're going to take a break. I'll be right back. I now present to you the Ranting Weight Watcher Accountability Creed. If you choose this day to say this creed, you are accountable to me, the author. You are also accountable to all of those before you who have taken the creed and all of those after you who will take the creed but most of all you are accountable to yourself now recite with me the accountability creed nothing can stand in my way because I choose to be unstoppable my challenges crumble in my presence because I choose strength when I am weak. My insecurities 
have no power over my life because I choose confidence in the face of fear. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because I move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because I see solutions instead of problems. The demons of my past can no longer torment me because I choose to renew my mind daily. All things are possible as long as I believe because if God is for me, who can be against me? This is the creed I declare each day. It is about what I do, not what I say. I will learn the work that needs to be done. I will never stop, even when I've won. I will work consistently, no matter the cost. I refuse to believe that all hope is lost. I will work when I want to. I will work when I don't. I will work when they are cheering. I will work when they won't. I will work when it's easy. I will work when it's hard. The atonements that I've made are made with no regard. I will work when it's cold. I will work when it's hot because choices have consequences, justified or not. When I think I know it all, I will start back at one because regardless of what I think, the work is never done. And from this moment forward, when times are tough, I choose to believe that I am enough. And now it's time for random facts you didn't know you needed to know with the Ranting Weight Watcher. Today I have a random fun fact about chocolate. White chocolate isn't chocolate. White chocolate is made with cocoa butter, which is which comes from the cocoa bean, but it does not contain cocoa solids. So white chocolate is not officially or nutritionally actually chocolate. Cocoa solids are a source of compounds called flavanols that have been associated with health benefits. Milk chocolate has some cocoa solids, 10 to 40% by weight, but dark chocolate has the best source of cocoa flavanols. Not all chocolate labeled as dark has high levels of cocoa. However, look for dark chocolate that has 70% cocoa or higher to maximize the health benefits and reduce unhealthy added sugars. Well, I'm hoping you enjoyed that one today. If you'd like to contribute to this part of the show, please email therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com in your subject line, put fun facts so I know not to read the email right away. The whole purpose of this segment of the show is for me to battle a fear of reading aloud. I want to become better at it to better aid the show's future. 
So if that's something you would like to be a part of, send an email to the show in the subject line. Put fun facts so I know not to read it, and I'm reading it right when I'm recording it because this is the one part of the show that is not edited because I want to be able to gauge how I'm doing. Again, that email, therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com. Now, without any further delay, let's get back to the show. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. In the beginning of this show, we covered how, how it all happens. When you find yourself on the way back up, how did it really start? How did it really happen to get you to where you were? I went over how overconfidence and success can cloud our judgment and cause us to have our old habits return and eventually lose all the progress and success we created simply because we aren't able to get rid of the bad behaviors that have returned, whether it's because we don't see them as the bad behaviors returning, we're ignoring them, whatever the case may be. However it happens, we're just going to fast forward quickly to the very end. The point where you realize you really messed up. The point when you're waking up from the house party and you're looking around and you're realizing the house party wasn't all that worth it. When you see that everyone has left and you're sitting in a house that is the biggest mess you've ever seen in your life, And no one's here to help you clean it up. That's where we are. That's the moment we're in. A lot of times in this moment, we waste a bunch of time being aggravated, beating ourselves up, being pissed off at the world, whatever the case may be, about what we've done. Then we want to make drastic changes, thinking we could undo it all quickly. But really... What the drastic changes do is continue the cycle. Because the drastic change is what started the cycle. The declaration that is, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and it's time for me to lose weight. So you did, you dove into whatever health plan system you've decided to use, and you gave it your all. And you know what happens when you give a health plan system your all? You actually achieve results. But we all know, if you've been here for any amount of time, anyone who's been here a while knows that those results don't keep coming that way. They slow down, they slow down, they slow down. The more you have to lose, the easier it is to lose in the beginning. The less you have to lose, the harder it's going to be to lose. And the same thing as it when you transition to the end. Regardless of where you came from, when you have less, when you're past the halfway point, it's going to get harder, 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 and harder. Every ounce is going to make you work. 
but we still think that it should come off as easily it came off on day one. That's the delusion we allow ourselves to live under. And so when we see that it doesn't, we can become obsessed with, number one, the fact that we put ourselves back in this position. So you spend God knows how many hours beating yourself up over being back in this position in the first place. That's wasted time and energy. And then we waste time blaming the system. Nobody sounds worse than the person who actually achieved success in a system, but then had to gain it all back than to start blaming the system when it's too hard. There are those out there. I'm not saying it's you. I'm just saying there are people out there that lost some big, nice amount of weight on a, on a health plan. Then they gained all of that weight back, maybe some more. And then they came back to it, realized it was a lot harder this time. And then they want to come, they want to say that the program doesn't work. No, it's just harder because here's the thing. When we lose weight, the way we choose to lose it, we don't know what exactly we are losing. We are geared, all of us, are geared to think, if I do cardio, I will lose weight. And this is true. If you do cardio, you will lose weight. And if you follow that with a healthy food plan, you're going you're to have some results. All of this is true. But what kind of weight you're losing, not guaranteed. You could lose 10 pounds and 8 of it will be muscle and 2 of it will be fat. Because we're not sitting here building muscle. You don't build muscle when you're standing on a treadmill. You don't build muscle when you're walking outdoors. Cardio doesn't build muscle. Lifting weights builds muscle. But we choose cardio all the time. So let's say the first time around, you lost 50, 75 pounds, 100 pounds. What if? What if? 75 of that 100 pounds was muscle. Now they say to you, I mean, people say this, muscle burns fat. If you lost your first 100 and 75 pounds of that was muscle, and then you go back and you gain 100 pounds, do you think you gain the 75 pounds of muscle back? So now... You lost 100, 75 of that was muscle, 25 of that was fat. You come back and you gain 100 pounds. What if all 100 pounds gained is fat? Then what? Now you have 75 pounds less of muscle to burn that fat. Are you wondering yet why it's harder to lose the next time you go and try to lose? We are geared to think... If I get on a treadmill, if I get on a bike, if I get outside and walk, we are never geared to think, let me go and lift weights. Let me figure out how to strength train. In reality, when a doctor tells you you need to lose weight, they point you in the direction of cardio because cardio achieves the quickest results to lose weight because they're only paying attention to one number the number on the scale. 
They're not paying attention to body composition. They give you the method that will achieve some quick results and the rest is up to you at that point. But making the choice to strength train from the beginning, from day one, would be a much slower journey. But you would be transforming the composition of the body from the inside out. You may remain the exact same weight, but go from 50-60% body fat to 30% body fat. Do you think that won't have, even though the scale number doesn't change, do you think that the waistline wouldn't change? If you went from 60% body fat to suddenly 30% body fat? Do you think your clothing wouldn't be different? But the number on the scale is the same. You didn't lose any weight. You're unsuccessful technically from a doctor's perspective, if you think about it. I mean, it's the only number we pay attention to. Meanwhile, there are a million other numbers. So we waste our time. We waste our time obsessing over what we did achieve in the past and not doing what we need to do for our future. Forgetting where you were starts with one thing. It starts with forgiving yourself for where you are. A year ago, if you were 70, 50, 100 pounds lighter and you're angry about it right now and you just want to get back to that number, I told you last week it was more necessary for you to forget that number existed and get back to basics. Back to the behavior that you had when you started this journey. I say this because I know that behavior is what caused the success in the first place. As I told you last week, if you are to forget how much success you already achieved, the beginning of that starts with forgiving yourself for where you are right now. There's a line in the creed. And that line goes, I own every last one of my mistakes. How do you own a mistake? By apologizing, right? I own every last one of my mistakes. This is going to sound completely crazy. It's going to sound completely stupid. And maybe some of you might do it. Maybe some of you were just thinking, ah, he's out of his mind and you'll move on with your life. It doesn't matter to me either way. If you achieved something, 75, 100 pound weight loss, and you thought that was success, gaining 75 or 100 pounds back, now you're thinking you're a failure. So, Instead of calling yourself a moron and an idiot and all this stuff for gaining the weight back, forgive yourself for doing it. Forgive yourself for being human. Forgive yourself for the mistake. When your parents came home and saw the house was a mess and you didn't finish cleaning up in time for them to walk in the door and the house party was still obvious that it happened, What'd you have to do? You had to apologize. 
you had to ask for forgiveness. That's where it had to start. You messed up. It's not going to be the first time. It's not going to be the last time that you mess up. You're going to mess up a thousand, a hundred thousand more times. And you know what? You should be blessed to mess that up that many more times. Because that means you're living long enough to do so. But you forgetting about where you were starts with forgiving yourself for where you are. When you forgive yourself, you're growing, your mindset is growing. You understand you're going to make mistakes. And when you start to understand that the mistakes you make don't make you a failure, like I've been pounding in your head for months and months and months, it's like having the keys to the kingdom. And it starts with forgiving yourself for where you are right now. When you say those things like, oh, I'm hitting reset today. I'm starting over from the beginning today. It doesn't mean you failed. Even in this moment. Because it's not truly starting over. Because starting completely over would mean you go back to day one with zero knowledge. But you're not going back to day one with zero knowledge. You're going back to day one with all of the knowledge you detained. You, you go back to day one with what you know caused success and what you know caused failure. If you choose to ignore the failure, you haven't learned the lesson. And you're bound to fail it again. Until you learn the lesson and realize I needed to learn this in order to achieve this success, you're bound to continue failing at it. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. That's what it's about. Own it. You Listen, you messed up. The house is a mess. Your, your mother's favorite China uh, porcelain statue is broken. There's vomit all over the bathroom. The coffee table bro- has a broken leg. The house is a mess. And it's your fault. And it's so obvious it's your fault, you can't even deny it. So you look at your parents in dead in the eye and you say, I messed up. I'm sorry. Forgive me. You have to let go of where you were because you can't walk backwards into the future. And you can't keep beating yourself up about over what you accomplished and then what you messed up. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. (sighs) You know, 
sometimes I think that this whole podcast is a big waste of time. The solutions to the problems that I present to you each week are by design so simplistic in nature that they are almost always rejected by the majority of the people. They say or think, it cannot be that simple. My situation is different. You don't understand what's going on in my life. My life is much more complex. You see, people would rather live in delusions that their problems are unfixable because that means they cannot be blamed for the choices that they make. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with both temptation will also make the way of escape that you are able to bear it. So what does that really mean? That means we're all going through the same bullshit. We're all tempted by the same stuff. But some of us, a very small portion of us, have realized that our decisions are exactly what control it. And if we just choose a different way, things go differently. And so we've opened our mouth to the world. And we said, this is the way. Do it like this. And the world rejects it and says, no, it can't be. It cannot be that easy. But it is. It is that easy. All you need to do to change the entire trajectory of your life is to start making decisions completely different than you've always made them. Because the reason you keep dealing with things the way you keep dealing with them is you keep making the same choices over and over and over again. The time has changed and it starts with forgiving yourself for all of the times you made the wrong choices. That has to end right now. So do whatever it is you need to do. Stand in front of a mirror, whatever it is, and finally forgive yourself for all of the crap in the past and do what needs to be done to finally move forward once and for all. Forgive yourself. No more looking back. Move forward. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.